knee-jerk reaction to night two. What's a knee-jerk reaction? It's an instant reaction by a jerk. I don't know where the knee comes from. Probably a medical term. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. All right, guys, let's dive right in. We started out night two with, obviously, the pomp and circumstances. You have Hunter come out. He puts his boots in the ring. He says, thank you for caring about him during this time period. It was a nice moment. The boots being left in the ring. It's a little bit of a shame, obviously. You'd like to see a guy be able to take his boots off after his last match, but life just didn't work out that way for Hunter. And that's okay. I mean, he's going to still be in the business. We're still going to see him. He's just not going to wrestle anymore. But, boy, what a career he had. He had some of the great matches in WrestleMania history. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later on when we get to a match that everybody thought would wind up being one of the great matches in history. We started out RK-Bro versus the Street Profits versus Gable and Otis. I thought it was a good match. It was it was good. It was very good. It was a great way to start the show out. Montez goes ham every time he wrestles, and especially in a big match environment like this. Otis told his story very well. You had the multiple spots where Riddle got to do, which is a story they've been telling about how we have Riddle and Orton throughout this whole time period where Riddle recruits Orton to be his friend and his tag team partner, and Riddle begins to imitate his moves. You have multiple spots where Either they do tandem Orton moves or Riddles has a big move where he hits an RKO out of nowhere and then Orton hits an RKO out of nowhere. We go over that way. One, two, three, RK bros, the champs. Everybody's happy. The crowd's happy. They're over the moon right now because they love the RKOs out of nowhere. Everybody does. And then they bring Street Profits are going to have a drink with them because, you know, match well, well fought or whatever. It's it's a spot to get Gable Stevenson onto the mat in front of everyone. He's the huge signee, the NIL deal. They've been paying him while he is still in college, which is now legal. Awesome. And it is good for them. And they're able to, now that he has won his championship, get him into the system, won his NCAA championship, get him into the system. Chad Gable plays the buffoon here. He does the, you need to shush Thing to him and boom he gets suplexed perfect all of the veterans that are holding their solo cups nod in approval fantastic way to start this thing out johnny knoxville comes out and we literally get a jackass movie for the next few minutes as knoxville takes on zane knoxville takes the bumps he did a good job in here of course the no holds barred scenario or the anything goes scenario that we had allows for Nutshots galore. They had a a swinging foot that was actually literally only to kick somebody in the balls. It's the only reason it could exist. You had a bowling ball shot into Sammy's balls. You had this, I don't know how big the hand, they had a hand that had to be five foot that just swings in and Tom and Jerry Zane as he runs around the ring. This was all of the silliness that a mania can bring. It reminded my son of 
the 90s as you had the Wee Man come out from underneath the ring and do hornswoggle spots. They had a guy running around in basically a thong. He was called Party Man. I'm not a big jackass aficionado. I could have done without that, but I didn't. Not that I hated it. It's just, you know, I don't necessarily got to see a guy run around like that, but whatever. It's fine. I thought it was great. Even the parts I cringed at, I thought were great. It was funny. It's what mania can be. It's the other side of the WWE as they try to sell themselves as this higher brow form of entertainment than other wrestling. And then they get into these incredibly silly things like this and it works. And Sami Zayn is worth every penny they gave him in this new contract. Kevin Owens proved last night he's worth every penny they gave him in his new contract. Then we get our fatal four-way. Sasha, Naomi, Rhea Ripley, Liv, Zelina, Carmella, Natty, and Shayna Baszler. I thought this was good. Everybody got their cool spots. I thought it was important for Sasha to go over, which she did. They have a nice little tandem move they do together, which I thought was cool. Sasha being a huge proponent for tag team women's wrestling. And getting to win this belt felt big to her, which made it feel big to me. And I hope it worked that way for other people. I would, At this point, everything's rolling along. Edge and AJ come out, and I'm thinking, match of the year. And it was good. I would, I would venture to say it was very good. I saw some people complain about it online. I saw some people love it online. Uh, I, I, a lot of, they could have cut five minutes off of it. It reminded me of, I went to a WrestleMania in Orlando, Seth's wrestling Hunter. And I thought, boy, oh boy, because Hunter's been in some of the great matches in WrestleMania history. I love him. Seth is one of my favorite, Seth's probably my favorite current wrestler. And what they did that night was good. And I've heard Seth say the same thing. It was good. It wasn't match of the year. And that was what you were hoping for. Maybe you put the bar too high up when you think that. The story they told here was big impact move after big impact. At first, it was AJ's faster than Edge, and he's quicker and quicker, and he's he's doing damage to Edge's hamstrings and doing damage to Edge's knee, and all those things are, are good. And then you get some counter-wrestling, and then you get some back and forth, and then they get into deeper water, and it turns into one guy hitting the big move, and then everybody resting for a second. And they're not resting. It's just how they're getting over the pain of the big move. But I, I, I do understand a lot of people don't love that about Edge's modern matches. It It is something that's in my wheelhouse and I like. This just could have been a little bit better because AJ can go a little faster than this. And Edge, Edge probably can too, but that's not the way they chose to work tonight. And that's fine, but... I did think that a couple of the moves where they did the, they worked on where they had like the calf crusher turned into something else, which turned into the cross face, smooth transitions and all of those things. It was, it's nice to see how good Edge is at all of those style things as he's gotten his second run. And his second run has been fantastic. This match was very good. It just wasn't match of the year, which is, that, that's okay. The finish winds up being as AJ has him dead to rights. Damian Priest is standing. On the side, Damien didn't interfere, but it did take AJ's eye off the ball. And next thing you know, Edge manages to get the phenomenal the phenomenal spear because on the springboard phenomenal forearm, Edge spears him, bam, flash one, two, three. Good job. I love the idea of Priest and Edge together, and I think you should too. Priest has 
all the tools. And Edge's entrance, his new entrance for this moment as he comes up on a throne and there's fire around him, it had an Undertaker feel to it. And I don't know if he's going to keep that. But if he keeps that Undertaker feel to the entrance with the fire and all that, but or somewhere between Taker and Brood almost, and then you add Priest in and you kind of – he's able to do this – Metalish character, this brooding, dark him and priest. If they want to turn it into a faction, bring Champa in with them. Champa can wear black and kick ass, you know, and that would be whew, over the moon. I just fantasy book for you right there. That would be Chef's Kiss. They bring Champa in with them. I think it would be because all those guys can work. A priest going underneath the Edge learning tree is much needed. Edge is a great wrestling mind. And Priest could use that. This this could be really great. Now, I don't even really want to talk about what happened with the New Day. The New Day's wrestling Ridge Holland, Sheamus, and they got Butch out there, who's Pete Dunn's character. And they got Pete Dunn running around acting like a fool. Um, I did appreciate the New Day wearing the biggie onesies out. and But it, they, they lose in basically a squash match where Pete, where the emphasis is mostly on Pete Dunn acting like a... Uh, Rabid buffoon to the point where Seamus grabs him like he's a little child and carries him away from the action. I don't, I don't know what they're doing there. Let's get back to fun though. Austin Theory comes out. Pat, Pat McAfee has Seven Nation Army as his theme song. He rolls out and let's freaking go. And Pat McAfee has become a fine little wrestler. He doesn't wrestle much. When he does, he's good at it. All of the celebrities had great performances this weekend. The bar is very high right now. If you're a celebrity and you think, hey, WWE called, maybe I'm I'm hot, maybe I'll be able to go out there and do something. Bad Bunny was great last year. Last night, Logan Paul did really, really well. And then you had Knoxville do great. And actually, Knoxville brought his whole movie set with him and all of his com- compadres that do all this stuff for him. And Boom, they tear it up. They had a great little mini movie right there in the middle of of your WrestleMania. And then, boom, Pat McAfee gives you a fantastic performance. He did the backhand spring off the top rope, landed on his feet, and then leaped up there in a single bound, planted himself, suplexes, fantastic. Gets the win. Mr. McMahon is upset. Pat challenges Mr. McMahon. Theory jumps in from behind. I'm wondering, first of all, hey, I got no problem with Vince deciding he wants to have a match at your company. Huge guy. For his age, he's in fantastic shape. I get it. You want to take your shirt off. It's cool. No problem. I realized what this was all about. And this gave the audience that paid the money for night two a chance to see Stone Cold as well. Because we get the, the breaking glass as McAfee's getting roughed up post post bell or whatever stone cold beats up on austin stuns him great moment austin sells it like a champ and then we get mr mcmahon fooled again we've all seen it a hundred times he thinks today's the day stone cold's gonna share a beer with him of course it's not boom he gets stunned really bad stunner by the way it was they were too close to each other and mcmahon kind of slipped away from him i think mcmahon was going to do the right thing which is bounce off the rope and come into a stunner but again they were too close on that too so it was a little off whatever fantastic mcmahon's taking a stunner at whatever he is 78 or whatever awesome mcafee get in the ring 
and he's going to get his moment with Stone Cold and drink a beer. And they do. They get on the turnbuckles and they slam the beers and they drink them. But DTA, Pat McAfee, DTA, don't trust anybody. You understand? That's what the bionic redneck always brought to the program. He stuns him. One, two, three. If you're Pat McAfee, everything on your checklist in life is over. You have not only been at WrestleMania, you have won a match at WrestleMania against the superstar. You have lost a match to Vince McMahon. You got to be in a match with the Vince McMahon. VKM. And then you took a stunner from Stone Cold and drank beer to ring with him? Come on. It don't get better than that. I'm going to bring Ray out. I'm going to bring Ray in here for the last segment of this coming up after this. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. All right, Ray's in here now. We're going to go through the final match of the evening, Ray. The way this match starts. Okay, night two to me was about one thing, right? Night two is about one thing. It's really about Roman versus Brock. Yes. Everything else is secondary, right? Roman Reigns has the feeling of he's, he's majestic. And that's what it feels when he comes to the ring, whether it's to talk for five minutes or it's to wrestle a match. He doesn't have to change anything. Yeah. He feels huge as a star right now. Yeah, and Brock, and, you know. Right. And so as, as Roman comes to the ring, you have this feeling like, okay, we have arrived at our moment. Brock as well. Brock comes out. He's a face. It's so weird to have the crowd screaming and hollering from him. So when they get in the ring and they're and it's it's face-to-face, it feels huge. WWE has tried this as a main event many times. And they really didn't get it right, the build-up portion. Yeah. Who knew that they just had the heel and the face flipped? They had it the wrong way. We There's no way to know that. But Brock is comfortable as a, as a pseudo-face currently. He's good at talking currently, doing fine. And Roman is the hottest heel in wrestling right now. Yeah. So I would say almost even more so than that. Like Almost like the hottest bad guy in Fiction, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> and and yet you have, and that's just me. Like I said, finally we've got it right. Paul Heyman gives the one intro, and as we're going to go to the intro for Brock, Brock grabs the mic and talks, and it's country boy awkward, but still he can say, "I'm going to kick your ass," and it feels like he's going to. He looks like a monster right now. Ding ding, the bell rings. They go at each other. What did you think? I thought the match was quite good. I thought it was quite solid. I did have some critiques of it, though. I have never been a big fan of the fact of Roman using shenanigans. I really don't think his type of heel called for shenanigans. Um, I, I never really viewed, like, you know, him him having the Usos as, like, just a, like, oh, yeah, I, I can cheat. I just, I always thought, like, him having an Usos was more of a, like, an image thing. But, like, uh, the whole thing where uh, they tackle the referee and then he hits Brock in the nuts and then he hits Brock with the belt and then that doesn't do it. And the fact that uh, Paul Heyman kind of pushes the rope so Roman can latch onto it, 
I, I'm, I'm just not, I wasn't too crazy on that. I also felt as if the ending was a bit rushed. So let's go back. I felt like the story early on was Brock overwhelming Roman power-wise. Yeah. And Roman didn't really have an answer until Paul distracted Brock when they were outside of the ring and Roman runs through him because he got a got a little because Roman's conditioning at this point we know yeah. it's it's next level. Okay. He wins these long matches because he outlasts people. He also wins the short matches, that kind of thing. He runs through Brock. Okay, so then he gets back in the ring. It takes Brock a bit to stagger that way. Things happen back and forth. There's some near falls. Uh, Roman kicks out of an F5 somewhere in there. Brock eats three or four Superman punches in a spear, yeah. it, all that stuff. The the referee spot, Roman runs into Brock. Brock's in front of the ref. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Roman sees the referee's distracted. He goes for the nut shot. Yeah. Gets Brock down. Brock kicks out. Roman goes for a spear soon thereafter. And Brock manages to turn that into a Kimura. Slick. That is... Probably the slickest thing I've seen in wrestling in ge- like two years. <laughs> Genuine. I do not. It was slick the way they did it. It was so insane. It was literally like I jumped, dog. That was, Right, because the moment. That was like the first time in like a genuine long while that I jumped from like a move. Well, and because they set the moment up, right? The shenanigans with yeah. the nut shot made you think Brock's done for. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, and so because of the moment, oh, here comes the spirits over, it heightens it when he gets yeah. the Kimura. And and with how many times, you know, Roman has done this and has never, you know, he has always got the spear off, you know, it's conditioned you to be like, oh, he's going he's gonna to hit the spear off this time, and yeah, but exceeds like, your expectations. Then, of course, Paul pushes the rope to Roman as he's got his fingertips yeah. near it. Paul pushes the rope to Roman. Roman grabs it. Yeah. When they break the hold, you have this odd moment. And I think th- I think this is interesting because I'm trying to figure out where they were going with this. And I don't hate it. I just trying to figure out the message they gave us. Because we did have Roman utilize shenanigans. Although the Usos didn't get involved. Distractions by Paul. The referee being down. The, um, the help with the rope. Any means necessary, I'm keeping my title. Yeah. Right? Which is... His character, emotionally, he believes that everything in pro wrestling success and his family's success and his personal success is tied to him having the belt. So obviously by hook or by crook is what he's doing. But he's he's talking to Paul and he says, it's out, it's out, my shoulder's out. And Paul is saying to him, my tribal chief, you must rise up. My tribal chief, I beg of you. You must rise up. And it almost felt like there's a there's a, a moment in Ali's career where he doesn't want to get off the stool and Angelo Dundee's talking him into getting off the stool. And Frazier gets told he can't go anymore, so Ali wins because he just stood up because Angie told him do it. Frazier's people, although he wanted to fight, wouldn't let him fight anymore. It almost felt weird like that, but even more so because Roman's a one-armed man in a fight with a beast, and he gets the flash spear and puts Brock down. It was weird because we have this champion who will do anything to survive, yeah. but you can't deny his toughness. Yeah, yeah, I, but, like, I guess my issue is that he doesn't cheat when it, like, feels necessary. 
And, and I feel like that's my issue. He just cheated because there was an opportunity. Yeah, he just cheats because, like, oh, I'm the devious bad guy. It's like, I guess, like, I get this whole feeling from his character that, like, his pride would stop him from cheating that much. Yeah, you but know? we've seen that he, he cheats. I mean. But I think that I think that's a flaw in his character. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think that that's... Well, like, you, you can look at it like that, that or... That is one of my genuine issues with his character, is that, like, I think that Roman... Uh, my personal view of yeah. Roman's character is that he w- he is a man, he is so prideful that I do not think he would allow himself to consistently win like that. Right. And I think especially against, like, Brock Lesnar, you know, he, 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 he has so much pride when he's fighting Brock Lesnar. You know, he wants to beat Brock clean. And I, that's that's at least my personal interpretation of his character. I think he would want to do that. The story that Roman yeah. is telling is, I, like I said, I don't dis- I, I don't disagree with your take on it. I just think the story that Roman is telling is that anytime I have an opportunity, yeah, I, I'll do this because I can't afford to lose it. And Brock is, it'd be different if that was somebody else out there, but that's Brock. Yeah. If you get a chance, you got to take it. Because he could take you out at any moment. And it, I thought it was – I like your take on it because I think that sometimes we we in the wrestling world are like, I don't understand how anybody could not like everything that's going on with Roman. But there needs to be multiple takes on Roman. And I found <clears> – Yeah, and I, like I find Roman's character <coughs> fascinating. Right. I think he's surely the best thing going on in wrestling right now. Right. Like, even me who's not like a huge WWE guy, I – I firmly believe he's the best thing going on in wrestling right now. Right. But I, it's, it's just that that constant, like, in my opinion, character flaw. It's always been kind of there for me. One thing that's that's interesting about Roman, though, Roman shows insecurities rarely. But when they're there, you know they're deep. Yeah. And that's where the cheating comes from, right? That insecurity yeah. of not being able to do it without the belt. The insecurity of... Not being able to deal with the fact that maybe I'm not the guy. Because you all hated me, so the only thing that legitimized me was the fact that I took everything you wanted. I took Paul, I took the belt, and I've kept it ever since. And that 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 peering into his insecurity when it does pop up, it's huge because he comes off as this uber confident man. And then Yeah, and he knows Brock could take it all back. Oh, of course he could. Brock's legit. Brock's yeah. legit. It's what I thought it was. I, let's move. Okay, you said it was pretty good. You liked it. Yeah, I said I said I liked it, but I did have critiques of it. Right, correct. Now the whole weekend, rank your matches. My favorite match. My favorite match was probably Cody Rollins. I, I will say that I, I think that it was the best story. My second favorite was probably Bianca Becky. Um, and then there's like the rest. That I thought was pretty good. Right. Okay. Um, um, I don't know. Um, I was kind of excited for AJ Edge, but like for the while that I watched it, it never really kicked into second gear. So I just kind of you got distracted. Yeah, I got distracted. That's what um, I, I, I would. I, I would need to focus on it more. Right. To see. I felt like if I was going to rank matches, and I'm not going to rank things that that I don't think are like I'm not going to rank. McAfee was great, but it was great because of everything around it. Johnny Knoxville was great, but it was great because I watched a 10-minute version of a Jackass movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to rank that in this, but I would say Becky, Bianca, Seth, Cody, 
and I, I could probably watch them again and I would flip-flop them. I don't know which one was better to me. They were fantastic for different reasons. I would say the Stone Cold thing, even though, again, it was great for other reasons, that was third, and I might have enjoyed it more than I did the other ones. Because it was Stone yeah, Cold, yeah, it was so yeah, great. No, I, I get it. I get it. Right? Um, then I would go Roman, and then I would go Charlotte and Ronda, and then the rest of the thing that said happened. Really? I didn't like that match. Charlotte Ronda? I didn't like that match that much. Well, I get it. I get it. Yeah. A, a lot of people had critiques of it. When you go on after... Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you go Bianca on Bianca yeah. and, and, and Becky, Becky and Cody and Colby. For you, that's Seth. Tyler, yeah, Black, yeah, yeah. Rollins. Not for you. You know all those things. When you go on after those two matches, man, you got to bring it. I will say that I thought the pacing was poor, and I thought that was really shown out by the ending and by the fact that it just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Right. And I and I think that was that was kinda like like showing the the open wounds Again it was a match. shenanigan ending. Yeah, yeah, and I did I did have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the thing. That's what Cody that's what Cody told us in that one interview was anybody nowadays can do the moves. And we talked about this earlier. Anybody nowadays can do the moves. Connecting is what matters. And if you can give me a story that matters Cody even said this about Seth. And we talked about it. Seth had to do that without Cody. Yeah. Kevin Owens had to do that without without Steve. And they did it. That tells you what... Sami Zayn told the story of a rivalry with this guy that's not even a wrestler. And I was invested in it. Because Sami Zayn is... Sami Zayn is worth every penny they're giving him. I feel that Becky is that same person. It'll be interesting to me whenever Roman does lose the belt. I thought it was the right call, him keeping it right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I don't think there was a call where Roman lost. Right. Agreed. But all that being said, what Roman can do without the belt is going to be interesting. Can he do what Seth has done as as an upper mid-card guy? As basically the gatekeeper for your trip to the title round. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure once Roman loses the title, that's it for the royal family. For, like, the head of the table thing. I think when he loses the belt, that whole thing's going to crumble. And I don't really know what they're going to do after that. Maybe John Moxley's... Uh... Contract to be up. <laughs> we can put our fists together, right? In the middle yes. of the ring, huh? The shield never broke up. And on that note, thank you for watching. Go home. Heat. Check We're out leaving our on that note. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart. Check out our friends at The Gin Project. Project. com. Ray. Hi. Um, go home. Copyright 2022.